If I was to ask you, Glenn, yes, to name a magazine uh-huh. that was specifically aimed at a teenage girl market, yeah, between 1983 and 2004, yeah, uh, last issue came out in April 2004. Uh-huh. What magazine would I mean? 2004. 2004. April 2004 was the the final issue. As I say, aimed specifically at teenage girl market. Teenage girl. Until another magazine, Sugar, came along. 94, took it over. I'm getting all of this from Wikipedia. I was going to say something like Heat, but that's not really teenage girl magazine. No, no. See, I can only think FHM. No, no, that's that's, uh, that's the opposite. That's aimed at teenage boys. You are right, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's got a number in it. But not just a number. Oh, yeah. I think I've got it. Yep. Just 17. Just 17. And why would that be relevant? Because it's the 17th Mostly Comedy Podcast. Oh, my hey. goodness. Yes. Genius. It's clever, isn't it? Clever. clever. And it was really snappy as well. It, it really, really got snappy. us in quickly. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 17 of the More Than Mostly Comedy Podcast. We won't yes. just be giving you information about um, magazines in the sort of 90s to the 2000s. We're actually yeah, going to present 17. some interviews, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are indeed. We've got Catherine Ryan. That's right. Uh, very exciting. And James Redmond. Yes, it's true. It's mm. very, very bloody, bloody true. Uh, and we'll start with James Redmond now. Um, he's someone we've not actually seen his stand-up before, but I remember when we were up in Edinburgh a few years ago, and I, I can't remember if it was when we were doing Mostly Comedy up there or whether we were just doing our show. I remember, I think it was the first year he was up there doing stuff and gigging. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And we talked about, oh, we have to get him at some point. Yes. And then now we had him tonight. However so. many years later. Yeah, we, we're we very slow workers. Yeah. We, we Actually, we started writing the email almost straight away, didn't we? Yeah. But we do like a letter at a time. Yeah. And we do it with, we don't want to know what we type with. No, it's... Uh, but it's not it's, really conducive to quick typing. It's not quick typing. It's pleasurable, but not quick. It is pleasurable, but quick typing. Not so good. No. Maybe if you wrote shorthand, although then you'd, that would be involved. You'd have yeah. to dip it into into some ink. Dipping that would probably give you a clue as to what we're talking about. Anyway, so this is James Redmond's interview. So have a listen now. Here we are with James Redmond. Woohoo! Yes. yes. Can't see us, but we're definitely here. We are here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can see you, and you can see me. So yeah. that's good. That's so there are no idea. trees falling in the forest without noise. I no. see. If there are three comedians and you don't see them, are they there? That's the question. Good question. It's not a good question. question. It's, it's not. It's a question. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a question. Yeah. Just some words. Some words. Yeah. Um, now, I read through Wikipedia. Oh, f- which, which is the sort of place where everything is completely accurate. Is that right? Everything oh, always accurate. Even though true. you alter it. And yeah. you know, friends of mine ring me up and say, mate, you've got to get that changed. <laughs> and I do it all, all the time. I, I had on Wikipedia um, failed comedian. Nice. And I'd only just started. <laughs> so I changed it to failing. That's good. That's good. So I noticed it said something about um, uh, that James has hinted at a stand-up career. Yes. And, and I thought hinted yeah, yeah. was an interesting... Hinted. So, I mean, a thousand well, gigs in, that is hinting, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite a heavy hint. Yeah. yeah. Really. yeah. Um, but I read on there, despite questioning it all, that you started out as a model. I did. I believe. Yes. Yeah. Well, how did the transition to... Well, first acting, how did that... Pfft, acting. <laughs> <laughs> well, the answer to that is Hollyoaks, isn't it? Uh, I mean, that is, that is the yeah. subset between the two, isn't it? Yeah. We want an actor... Um, where do we find actors? Not at drama schools, is it? <laughs> no. Or stage schools? Let's find them on the catwalk. Um, now I was very, very lucky. I did a TV commercial um, with a few, and they saw one of them in which I was a talking head. It was for um, Carling Beer, and um, they liked what they saw. I was right for the character, so I went up for my first ever audition. Right. My agent saying, "Oh, you've got an acting." thing audition whatever go up and do it and just learn what it's like to fail right and then if you want to do 
acting course will put you up for some more maybe and right. I got the job and I was like whoa yeah, yeah. And apparently I don't remember this but um, the, the bosses told me like a year later that in my audition when they said we think we might give you the job I was going no <laughs> no what I'm just here for the no I can't act yeah. I was just being me and they said that's yeah. fine and, and apparently I said well if I, I'd love the job but you have to help right. me learn mm-hmm. and they did which is wow. nice it's a good way to so, learn. Yeah, that, it's a nice way to start. Yeah, and going back to the, we were just talking before off air mm. about Hitchin and my friend Ben Hull, who played um, Lewis in Hollyoaks. I was mm. so lucky that I was paired with him, and he was. I mean, you know, lovely cast, mm. but um, not all as unselfish as him. Uh. And he was the, the the most selfless of all the cast. He was just like, mate, you're great. You know, just do what you're doing mm. in. Um, rehearsal on screen yeah, and you kept saying no oh, shut up you're brilliant and it was really lovely so to you. you so were yeah, you the yeah. only one that had no experience then there were a couple stuff, more so. uh, which may come as some surprise um, <laughs> uh, but um, I was the only one who hadn't done anything at all I'd done I think a, a house play I went to public school yeah. so I'd done one house play no school plays and no oh, no stage school no drama well, in boarding schools you have houses Oh yeah, yeah. Where you yeah. all live and stuff. I, I was a day boy in a day house, but um, you do a, a play in each house. Oh. You know, there's about a hundred boys in each house, so whatever. But um, so did you do it just to your house, or was it? For the um, of the yeah. I mean, everyone can go, but no one does because anyone, okay. many people who go are the ones who have to go. Which right. is, yeah. So I, I did a house play. Um, yeah, which was uh, that's it. That was all I did. I, I was in drag for that, playing an old lady, playing a, a cleaner. Excellent. That's that only one on acting. Yeah, and we all had to be. We all had to have a part. I didn't. I was. I had a stutter at school, so I was kind of scared to do it. And Mum was like, "No, you should do it because it'd be good for your stutter and all that." So that's why I did a school play, and then you know that was what launched me. You know, Mm. fifteen years later into my audition. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I suppose in a way it's quite a good way to learn because I mean, how uh, frenetic was the sort of filming schedule? Would you be pretty full on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I started, it was um, only two episodes a week so we worked it was six days but we i worked sort of an average of sort of three and a half days a week but then it went to, to four days a week and a spin-off series and suddenly towards the end ben and i were working 13 day fortnights and our days were 8 a.m to midnight because right, you're doing you're doing two shoots going back and forth whatever and yeah. often having to learn 10 scenes at night right. you know so you, so you get home at midnight yeah. and you've got to be up at seven brain and you've got you know, yeah. 11 scenes, whatever. In fact, Ben won't mind me saying this, there were a few times where he held up my lines <laughs> next to his face and I did you know, the, yeah. the, the same for him because you're just, cre- just just sort of shooting yeah. over shoulder right. and you're not even looking at the eyes, you're just reading from the thing because you're thinking, I don't even know <laughs> right. what day it is. I don't know what, I don't know what day it is. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I'd love to see some of that. I'd love to actually look back at some of that. And see, Most of it see looked like that, probably. <laughs> I think, I think even, even, even when I had like two weeks off to learn everything, it probably looked look the same. Yeah. I suppose well, at least it built up in a way. You didn't start on that, you know, fortnight-like... No, no, yeah, it was it was a great place place to be, and you know everyone's learning at the same time at different rates, and you know that's always stimulating. And even the directors, you know, everyone there pretty much was doing a job that perhaps they weren't quite ready for, apart from the producers, you know. So the directors were fresh from college and stuff, because everyone was young. um, You got so many notes, you know. Everyone was just I got so much direction, you know. Whereas I went on to other shows, and people are sort of scared to. Would you mind just playing that a bit differently? Yeah, just tell me. Just say that's yeah, rubbish. Yeah, yeah. You know, cut. That's what I'm used to. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so. amazing. It's an amazing way to start off to have that 
sort of prime time TV shows. Yeah, you? incredible. Your, yeah, your first thing. very very lucky, and, yeah. it, and it kind of grew because just as I started, um, Andy Peters took it uh, under the T4 umbrella. He started the T4 thing. Oh, he took the yeah. sort of BBC broom cupboard thing and mm. yeah. moved it to Channel Four. Yeah. T4 teenage programming on Channel Four. Mm. So we had you know double the wages and double the viewing figures suddenly. Nice. Good. Omnibus yeah. time. It was good. Yeah. So what? Um, leaping through everything you've done. So yeah. from all the TV then that you've then done, what then took you on to stand up? I always wanted to do stand up. Um, I've always been a big stand up fan, and um, just been too scared. As I was too scared to act. Um, I was in a band as a teenager, but I was I was too scared to act or do comedy. But then I did a bit of presenting. Uh, between Hollyoaks and uh, Mile High. I did a show called Mile oh, High. Yeah. Um, I remember the name. Yeah, it was on Sky One. Yes. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Um, and I just always fancied doing it. And then when I was leaving Casualty, uh, in my last two episodes was a comic called um, Boothby Graffo, who you might know. Um, yeah. Brilliant comic. Um, he'll be in his early 50s now. Um, and he was playing my mother's boyfriend and he was saying just do it because i'd seen him live i said oh mate you're amazing mm. and he said well do it you know mm. you're you're funny mm. and he kept ringing me saying do this bloody course <laughs> so I, I did this amused moose course oh, in, yeah. in london logan Mur uh, logan murray's course oh yes and just right. loved it you know yeah. and lots of big comics have done it and um through that i did a competition and then got an agent and just started doing open spots all over the country and it was great yeah, are you Didn't happiest happen. doing that? Would you say I like it? all of it. I start missing acting yeah. and you know, even presenting. I, I miss. I like doing all it. Even you know, voiceover. I miss. I haven't done one for a while. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice. It's, it's good that it kind of empowers you mm -hmm. as an actor because you know, if you're not, if you've got no other income. Mm -hmm then you're desperate for the work yeah. and it shows in your audition you look a bit too keen yeah, yeah. and also you take an audition that perhaps you wouldn't otherwise yeah. you know my agent rings me up and I'll, I'll take most to be, yeah, to be yeah. honest I'll take most aud aud yeah. um, auditions but some will say nah mm. I don't want the job it's not great money there's yeah. no reason to do it I've paid my bills with stand up yeah, right. yeah. Okay. you know when you go into an, or, or, an audition you've got three or four guys there uh, as I'm sure you know do you act yeah, as well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you know and that's quite daunting Unless you've been on stage like you have, yeah. and I have, yeah. all week, going, well, John Glass Portsmouth was worse than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's having yeah. that thing that you're doing in the background that makes it feel like that's not the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. It's, it's, sort of, it's, it's not the focus. It's like, I'll go and do this, but then I'll just go back and do what I was doing. Yeah. If that doesn't work out, I'll just carry on doing that. And it's yeah, of, yeah. Yeah, if you're doing nothing else but auditioning, then that is, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it's waiting and waiting. You've yeah. got no, no, no power, so it kind of empowers you. Also, there's that thing that, you know, when... You've got a CV where you you know you go into you get into a room which is rare for a job that you really want and they say to you ah oh, so James what have you done since Casualty which you left oh seven years ago <laughs> you know and they're used to hearing well I I, I direct and I've got some yeah. amateur dramatic stuff and uh, mm. whatever but you just say stand up I've done a thousand yeah. gigs and they go really and they're that's interesting it just yeah. pleases them because yeah. they're not having to have that same conversation they've had seven times today. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You and know. it sort of empowers you in a way. Yeah. A bit of strength. Yeah. yeah, and they, for some reason, think it's, you know, a more difficult job to do than, you know, nursing during a war. <laughs> like, that's amazing. That's the hardest job in the world. Well, I don't know. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you find there's a, a sort of pressure when you do uh, comedy gigs because you're a familiar face because of all the things like Hollyoaks and that? Mm. You, is there an expectation? Is it, yeah. Does it make it easier or Which is, it, it makes it easier and harder. Um, it gets my foot in the door. I, get, I got a lot of open spots because they'd take a chance because they'd say, well, yeah. we're not paying him and he's got a TV face. It might get a few more bums on seats. Brilliant. Mm. Um, 
and also people pay attention what you know yeah less than usual but you know i i, I sort of walk on stage now and in, in england about a quarter of people go um like that <laughs> something about yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so I, i've then got something to talk about you know yeah. so i'm in but then also yeah they expect you to be brilliant yeah which not I'm <laughs> learning it's, i think it's with any performer though isn't it? anyone who's done something and been known for some sort of performing whether it's if you're an actor but you're doing stand-up they still expect you to be brilliant at Every everything, yeah, yeah, everything yeah. you're doing in front of them should be brilliant. Yeah. So is I guess it must be quite hard for that reason because people go, well, he's on, he's been in massive TV programs, so he must be funny. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I don't know why that he was in together. A, but yeah, he was in a, a hard-hitting sort of uh, gory medical drama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he must be hilarious. Yeah. It's yeah. like we had one actor um, who's a very well-known television face, mm. but a lot of the audience, he did a really good set. The audience was sort of confused by it because he's not really known as a mm. stand-up. Yeah. Um, and they were disappointed because I don't yeah. know what they were expecting. But, well, yeah, but I mean, I, I absolutely was brilliant, but I think yeah. it's the, yeah, people expected something they were never going to see. Yeah, yeah. A tightly edited panel show yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah sure. Like, yeah. well, this is, yeah. So I imagine you must feel that pressure to a degree. A bit, yeah. yeah I, I mean, feel like we're are... piling on some pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Our audiences <laughs> are nice, though. This is, this is no. pre-gig. Yes, yeah. yeah. I'm now worried. <laughs> worried about the gig. Mm. Yeah. Um, we should probably finish, actually. I'm just looking cool. at the time. But, yeah. um, Thanks for coming, James. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you very Cheers. much. So that was James Redmond. Yeah, it there. was, yeah. And you can check out James Redmond uh, runs a comedy club. I'm going to keep saying his full name. James. In fact, I will do because his full name is in the title. The James Redmond Comedy Review, which is in Hartford, so check that out. Hartford, that's not far from here. No. And when I say here, I mean Hitchin, which is where we're based, in Hertfordshire. Hence, Hartford, not ca- far. County town, Glenn. Yeah. County town. It is. And we're not. We're not. Uh, but that's all right. We, yeah. we know our place. And also you can follow uh, James on Twitter, seek him out, and watch him on things like Coronation Street. Coronation Street um, at the moment, I think. ITV Player. If you're, if you're listening to this um, in January, he is currently in Coronation Street as far is as he's still in it? I think he's still in it. How was he even here? I, it's amazing that he did those two things at once. But it's in Manchester as well. I know, I know. It's incredible. Mental. The magic of TV. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm. Uh, now, uh, we're now going to play you an interview. We're going to play it to you. We're going to queue it up on vinyl yep. uh, that we recorded with Catherine Ryan this evening. But before that, uh, you witnessed me have a little comedy moment backstage this evening, didn't you? I during, did. During yes. Catherine Ryan's set. I did indeed. It was, it? The, <laughs> it was uh, the, the summing up of how mostly comedy uh, runs. We, yep. we do everything. Um, on the night so we do we do go into an empty room essentially mm. and set it up uh, with all the equipment and everything we book all the acts we um, organise everything for the night and um, take it all down again at the end and my favourite moment tonight was uh, during Catherine Ryan big stand up comedian he, you know really great reaction full audience 100 people I could I, I had I had um, you were in the perfect I, position I was you? in the perfect position yeah. so I could see backstage and I could see um, the audience and I could see Catherine Ryan on stage as separated well separated by time. a little separated by a, a small curtain mm. so watching this um, from my right eye which was watching backstage I could see David from my left eye Catherine Ryan fantastic going really well 100 mm. people from my right eye David wrestling with a hoover a Henry Hoover a Henry Hoover in fact backstage trying to make it keep it out of the way so that when Catherine Ryan came off stage she didn't trip over it <laughs> it was specifically the piping yeah the, pi- the piping between the face bit and yeah. the little end bit which ju- it just kept folding itself out in in the direct sort of line yeah. of fire so I was trying to tuck it behind things and it kept <laughs> falling out again I was like just I was doing it quite seriously I was in the moment it, and then I caught really you were. watching me it was very funny Le- left eye Catherine Ryan 
full yeah. audience, professional, you know, comedy gig going great. Right eye, David wrestling with a Henry Hoover. Yeah, that, that's a metaphor for my life. Yeah. Really, that's that's how it works in mostly comedy. Yes. You spend all your time wrestling with Hoovers, yeah. concerning yourself with admin, telling people what to what to do, and then about three minutes actually doing any comedy. Don't, don't think it's in any way glamorous, mostly comedy, for us in any way. We get to meet these lovely, uh, well-known comedians, yeah. and they are fantastic. Um, but uh, sadly, that's where that glamour ends the rest of it is about wrestling with hoovers it's mostly that really mm. yeah it sh we should call it mostly wrestling with hoovers yeah and a little bit of comedy we should but it it need a very long poster yeah very sort of you know you'd have to be um landscape yeah uh so yes our next interview is with uh Catherine ryan again really really excited to have her here at mostly comedy this evening it was ridiculous and i think i said this in the interview it's probably a stupid thing to say but looking at her cv earlier on today and yeah. just seeing how many particularly panel shows but the things she's done in the last few oh, years yeah, it's pretty definitely. incredible yeah. really and again she's been one of the actors had a, uh, one of the best reactions in terms of people trying to get tickets mm. we've had lots and lots of emails the last few days yeah. um, asking for tickets we had lots of returns and things people wanted to get in so people are obviously very excited to see her and she was great yeah. uh, so listen to the interview with Catherine Ryan now we're sat in a very cold, very small room. Yes. Catherine Ryan. Hello. Right now. Hello. Hello. Thank you very much for having me into this room. It's not that cold. It's it's warmer than some of the other rooms. We thought we'd sort of save this room to last, just yeah. so you get to feel the benefit of it. Although Catherine's wearing a coat I wish I was wearing now, which is just a sort of huge kind of Eskimo-y yeah. kind of furry okay. thing, which it's is not just a lovely. Vegan-friendly coat, is it? No. A lot of animals had to die to put this thing together. But in Canada, that's totally fine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they don't mind at all. They will kill anything that looks warmer than them, and they'll eat really? it. To absorb its power, okay. and they will wear its skin. Right. It's a fairly wow. good mantra to yeah. employ. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we have written loads of different things about you, um, and notes and various things. They're probably but, mostly inaccurate. But, mm -hmm. re but recently we were watching... Um, well, we weren't watching it together. I was going to say, like, we were both sitting there. We don't do everything together. Uh, no. Uh, watching do. Room 101 was the uh -huh. thing that you did fairly recently. Was that... I yes, that was recently? just about a week ago. Yeah. Um, and I picked up on your thing about um, potty training a baby at 10 months. Easy. Yeah. I've got a, a child who's 17 months. Oh, you're too late now. <laughs> oh, shit. So I, I, missed the, I missed the point. You've missed it. So now I've got to wait until he's, like, what, two? You could start now. I mean, the, the sooner you start, the better. But the trouble is, okay... Um, people are encouraged when they're expecting children to read a lot, mm -hmm. read the blogs, go mm -hmm. to your NCA meeting. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I could, didn't have time for these women. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I didn't do any of that. I just instinctively raised my child like a wolf. <laughs> and, um, I saw when she started on solid foods at three months, yeah. they make a face when they need the loo. Yeah. They totally make a face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's very unnatural. Imagine sitting on the floor in a nappy. Mm. or lay It's just yeah. weird. So yeah. I just took it off and put her on this little potty that I had. And you start with poos, you graduate to wheeze. It's really easy. So I did that from three months. And I would say uh, we were completely nappy free, including nighttime by 10 right. months. I, it's, I take my hat. I haven't got a hat on, but I take my hat off to you because I don't know how... <laughs> How you how you do that? Because I, I yeah, it's, it's a challenge to get him mm. to sit yet still for two seconds. No, now it nappies, is. Because think about it, we train children to go in their pants by putting them in nappies. Mm. What we do is that you're training him, and then he is 17 months. He has this sense yeah. of self now. He's got his own mind. Mm. You try to make him do something he doesn't want to do. He's not yeah. going to want to. And yeah. that we we're so backwards in this. I think you got to be careful um, as a parent or as just a not. I don't know as a 
or anyone. Yeah. Just following what everyone else does because it's not the right way sometimes. Yeah. It's not like we're instinctively built to wear a nappy or do a little thing. It's It's just something that we've applied. It's convenience because we have to go to work. I mean, had I not been home all day, I would not have been able to anticipate these poo faces. And, or (laughs) I mean, um, what's the word? Translate these poo faces. And if your child minder has got four kids in the room, you might not have the time either. So, I mean, everything kind of lined up. But what it gave my daughter, I Mm. think, was uh, power. She, She kind of... You can't be powerful when someone's changing your nappy. Yeah, I know what you mean. And she always had control <laughs> really, over that. Yeah. She also did sign language, so really she understood yeah, yeah, communication yeah. really I'm trying young. to get my son on that as well, actually. Yeah, quite a, do that. Yeah, Persist yeah. with that. But yeah. does he speak? He does. He's, he says hello a lot. Yeah. As he's, as he's, hi, hello, a lot. To everything, to everyone yeah. all the time. But um, yeah, he, he does say that. He calls your voice. wife by her first name. He calls her wife by her first name, which is kind of my fault. Yeah, that's, yeah. But, well, I mean, you're not going to start calling her mummy. You know, Don't that, do that. That just feels like the weirdest thing. I, I can't do that. No. I couldn't do that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I fucked it with the potty training thing though. So um. you didn't, you didn't. You know what? You you fucked it no matter what. As a parent, okay. we are fucking it. True, that's true. We shame goes hand in hand. <laughs> Regret and shame. You're mm. doing everything wrong. Yeah. Well done, you. Thanks. And yeah. I'm the one judging you as a non-parent. It's so true. I'm you're a non-parent. Yeah. yeah. See, how do you know? Because if I were a man, and I was um, like leaving my seed around, not mm. accusing you directly of anything. <laughs> I don't do that. But I know yeah. where my eggs are. Mm. You don't necessarily all the time mm. Mm. they're, yeah, they're yeah. everywhere yeah in socks and mouths and bins you don't know this yeah. is specifically yeah. me yeah, yeah you are thinking my, yeah. Um... so how do you know someone's not going to knock on your door as a man oh. i would think about that every day mm. you've made me quite frightened now good i, uh, I think i might go home no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not I'm your ask you son about... will be waiting for you, <laughs> you... Sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> with room 101 do you so did, was it difficult whittling down what you wanted to put in there or no it... okay it's so very you... difficult coming up with things to put in room 101 because it's a very mean thing to do, isn't mm, it? To yeah, say, yeah. lock this away forever. So I chose Cheryl Cole. Yeah. Uh, that was easy. And then bread. I really hate bread. But the British public have not embraced that choice. It seemed very controversial at the moment. Fiona it's Bruce amazing. was staring daggers. At she, you, was, at that point. she was quite shocked by every single thing you said, which was quite Well, funny. she's posh. She's they don't posh. make up their own mind about anything. Yeah, yeah true. I send my true. children away when they're seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Privileged abandonment. It's who we are. That's yeah. fine. Did you speak much before the show? Did you have a lot of time I together? I love or? Fiona Bruce. Mm. That lady has got an ass that won't quit. <laughs> she was voted, um, what was it, rare of the year, and she had to decline the award because of all her prolific feminist work at her oh, university. Okay. And, uh, right. you know, mm. uh, rare of the year, you could do that as long as you award it to both sexes. Yeah. yeah. You can be a feminist with rare of the year. Mm. Being objectified is not Fiona Bruce's thing, neither no. is um, elimination communication. Yeah. Which yeah. is Hello. what the early potty training is called. Sorry, it's still a moment. Somebody walked in, which was slightly. I'm not phased by it. You're Whoever not. wants to can walk in on this podcast. I'm more phased by it now. And what's happening? Look, we're, she's we're not giving up either. She's like, fine, give me that fine. bag, no, rustle it, make it last. Just want one. Should I audio describe? He's right. throwing some pound coins. And we'll carry on. Okay. What was I was going to say now, I've lost, my, I've lost my thread. You asked me about Fiona Bruce. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, did you have to sort of cross reference what had already been in there before? With room oh, room no. I, don't, I like Room 101, but I haven't seen every episode. So. I'm not sure if um, <laughs> other people had chosen the same things as me. Yeah. I didn't check. Did no. you know what the other people had chosen? Nope. Not until that came up. Contact no, no, no. that whole 
that's good. That's, yeah. that's what happened. Isn't it? It's exciting. A lot of these um, games have a sense of um, surprise and mm. jeopardy. I like that. Everybody says, "Oh, it's all scripted. Mock the week's all scripted. Everything's scripted." It's not. Yeah. There are bits that we know are coming, but you yeah. can guess quite easily by watching the news. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Room One One, no, I didn't know. Do you find that sort of thing easier, Room 101, in the sense that it's not so aggressive for one, but also it's more about yourself rather than sort of commenting on something? Um, I mean? would prefer to comment on um, other things apart from myself. I know that's okay. not very yeah. uh, comedian or actor-like. Enough about me. What do you think of me? <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I talk a lot about uh, the news and pop culture, celebrity yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think I do it as me. I yeah. do it from kind of a unique angle with my uh, kind of style, which I guess is not being horrible. Like Cheryl yeah. Cole, Cheryl Fernandez-Versini, hmm. is one of a few celebrities that I have a pop at, but you're punching mm-hmm. up so high with her. Mm-hmm. She's like a princess in yeah, this yeah. country, yeah. and she's been notably mean. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like I'm being fair. I also said that she was talented and beautiful and a wonderful dancer. That's all she mm-hmm. wants to hear. Yeah, if Cheryl exactly. Fernandez-Versini was tuning in to Room yeah. 101 and heard, oh, <laughs> listen to her. She thinks I'm gorgeous. That's all she wants to hear. She doesn't <laughs> yeah. care about anything else I say. Yeah. She doesn't care that I also think she's a fucking antichrist and she's rude yeah. to runners and makeup people. And ah, really? that doesn't sit well with me. How can you yeah. be the people's princess yeah. and such an entitled biatch She's like, oh, I'm just like ye. No, you've been famous since you were 16. Yeah. So what blows my mind with her is I think she's younger than me. Everyone's younger she's than us. 31. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's ever so young. young. Yeah. But that sort of blows my mind because I see people like that on the television in the sort of pop culture thing and I think they must be adults and I'm not an adult. And <laughs> you think, I'm older than the people who are adults. Yeah. Imagine how that feels as a woman when yeah. those women who are your age start to be called cougars and milfs and get picked apart for their uh, bikini yeah. body. Yeah, and then you yeah. go, oh, shit. Shit, yeah, I'm, yeah. I remember the day that I realized I was too old to be Miss Teen America. Right. <laughs> I was not even American. Yeah. Um, but I went, oh, God, it's all, yeah. it just hurls towards the finish. I think what? for me, I used to, when I used to watch EastEnders, and there's a character, Ricky, and I don't know if you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. Um, he, I think I remember him saying he was 21. I thought, fucking no, that's old. Yeah. And then you go, yeah. and you put, bypass it. I don't yeah, base my whole life on Ricky. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good uh, yeah, you know, And, and the big one for me is I'm a huge Beatles fan, and none of them were 30 by the time they split up. Oh, gosh. And that sort of blows So you my feel mind. like we haven't really, I've done of, nothing. we're never, gonna, never yeah. gonna make it based on that. So there's a chance with One Direction. Yeah, this mm. is true. We can only hope. Yeah. Um, They're lovely boys. You should be very proud of them. A lot better than our export, Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. Yes, he's quite terrifying in terms mm-hmm. of, yeah. One Direction are good boys. I think with Justin Bieber, it's a bit like the sort of Michael Jackson as a kid thing. When somebody has so much thrust on them, that's so exactly early, what it is. Yeah. yeah, and in isolation, how do they deal mm. with it? You know. But yeah, um, yeah. what's other things? Did you um, were you doing comedy over in Canada when you were there? Is... I, I was doing comedy sort of, but I wasn't right. really getting paid. I was just playing with it. I mean, people okay. say I've been going this many years, that many years, but I stopped and started a lot. I just right. was kind of curious, but I thought I would just do it for fun, kind of like a Zumba class. Right, okay. Like, oh, let's do this thing. I didn't consider that I would ever become mm. a professional comedian. And in Canada, that's a fair um, a kind of assumption that yeah. you're going to be a waitress forever if you also want to be a comedian. Right. Yeah, right. there just isn't the... Um, well, geography makes the clubs mm. far apart, mm. and audiences in Canada are not at all as eager to come support live theatre, live yeah. music, live comedy, anything like that. Right. So I'm really lucky that I moved to the UK. Because I definitely wouldn't have had a career. I mean, I still don't have a career over there. They have no idea. They think I died. 
I really <laughs> yeah they don't know what's going on yeah no and here I'm really busy yeah mm. Which is great. I was quite amazed actually because I was when we were sort of writing down these notes. I looked on uh, your agent's website just to get some details, mm -hmm. and I clicked on like TV. It just it's never ending. There's so many things you've done. Yeah. It's very very impressive. It's a really good time to be a comedian. I think it's yeah. kind of like the uh, the 80s again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we've come out of a recession or you're slowly coming out of one, yeah. and people really want to laugh. And it's yeah. also a really good time to be a woman, whether you're a comedian or a scientist or whatever, or just mm. you know. Mm getting out of a marriage whatever mm. as a woman you're better off doing it now than you were 20 years ago yeah. even 10 years ago yeah. so um yeah it's one of those things that i got in exactly the right time yeah it's like the dot-com industry people yeah, they yeah. all got rich because they invented computers yeah i kind of like just got in to comedy at exactly the right time to be busy yeah. right now it could yeah. all end tomorrow but i'd be happy waitressing again they loved waitressing. Yeah. In Canada or this country? I would never waitress in this country. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's not a good thing. You yeah. don't tip them and they're rude yeah. and I understand why they're rude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What would you have done if you hadn't gone into comedy then? Was there a sort of backup or a thing you were intending on doing? Other than um, this, or? I was really academic when I was very young. Right. And then that ended about like 15. Then I just did the minimum amount that I needed to right. do. Yeah, yeah. And I did all right, but I just wasn't interested anymore. Yeah. Um... I think working in my dad's office taught me really young that I didn't want to work in any office. Right. But I went to uni anyway. I took uh, urban planning, so to become okay. a city planner, right. which was really fascinating. It taught mm. me a lot. Well, yeah. You know, you get an arts degree, and that's wonderful, and you meet people, and you get to do mm. things. But with urban planning, it was so... I don't even know why I chose it. I just picked it out of the yeah. air so that I could move to this city, Toronto. Right. Okay. Um, and it was all this really practical, polytechnic stuff. So mm. now I know all about what kind of license to put a three foot extension on your porch and right. how <laughs> cities are kind of designed. I mean, it was a cool thing to learn. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah. Who knows? Cause there's a huge market for uh, a decent city planner. Mm. I'd like to do that maybe, but really I'd probably go home and be homeless. I don't, oh did, my gosh, what would I do? Did I see choreography on your, mm -hmm. so is that something that you did? You go to dance school or? Yeah, when Dance I was little, I had a real pageant mom, so we did uh, well. tap, jazz, ballet, mm -hmm, um, okay. piano, theater, yeah. singing, all that stuff mm -hmm, for yeah. a long time. Um, and then I choreographed musicals, but not, you know, I didn't choreograph Billy Elliot. I choreographed like Anne of Green Gables in my hometown. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I loved your dance though on the Comic Relief. Thank oh, you. Oh yes, that was, <laughs> that was brilliant. I only That's dance brilliant. if it's a joke. Yeah. I'm mm. kind of poisoned now. Do you notice how a lot of comedians are weird in real life? Mm. They're kind of sociopaths. Yeah. Um, I can see that that happens gradually every year, and you don't notice it until you're absolutely mental. Right. And I don't mean to offend anyone listening who's mental, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm with you, yeah. sister, yeah. because I see people dancing, and to me, they look like I, I look at them as a skeleton, and I wonder why a skeleton would move around that way. Think of yourself mm. anatomically. Mm. Why would you do that? Why would yeah, you be? Yeah. Eh, eh, eh. Why would you yeah. dance around? I just it it's really bizarre, freaks me out. Yeah. I don't like it. Um, yeah. If it's something like diversity and they're doing this big choreographed routine, then I yeah, think yeah. it's really cool. Yeah. But just people kind of moving to music yeah. in a room really, really creeps me out. <laughs> I don't like that. It re like I could never do that. I haven't yeah. danced like that 
in my entire life. But your Nicki Minaj thing was a kind of diversity type sort of group. That, yeah. <laughs> well, diversity better not listen you know, to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, when scaled I say down, diversity, yeah. scaled down. But yeah, yeah, it had that sort of group number feel to it. And it was funny as well. So I like choreographed fun. dance. I yeah. don't like bopping around at a party. Yeah. That's the thing. No, that is, yeah, intensely awkward. If someone tells you yeah. what to do, I can cope with that. But yeah. the idea of just, and like you say, it's just bizarre. And the thing for me as well, because I'm a musician and I think... Yeah. We, People therefore expect you mm. to be comfortable with sort of rhythm and stuff. But give me a guitar or whatever, and I'll move around doing my thing. But without it, I just feel so sort of. It's the hands me now. I, don't, I just think, what do you do? Oh, oh, yeah. I hate it. It's so oh, cringy. Oh, yeah. If I were to go watch live music, mm. I'd really enjoy that. But I would enjoy it um, in the worst way, the way that you don't want. I would be like <laughs> yeah. a theater audience. Yeah, I would yeah. sit and really enjoy it. I would never. Well, it's making me uncomfortable even <laughs> thinking about people just yeah. kind of tapping their foot. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's it. the, in this the, country, it's the clapping on the on beat. Oh, it's oh, I hate it's it. It's when you have to. Yeah. It's when you feel like you have to stand. I've been to shows, especially musicals and things, where you have to stand up oh, and gosh. join in, and then you feel like yourself. But you're clapping along, and then you're like, right now, I'm still clapping, and everyone else is still clapping, and now I feel really awkward about the fact that I'm yeah. standing here clapping, and I, I feel like it. I have to sway, and it, yeah, it, it's horrible. <laughs> you it feel horrible. like a toddler. Yeah. yeah. In yeah. music class, why are you clapping? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, some people you see them dance with reckless abandon, and they're mm. happy. Yeah. That's mm. a joyful thing to see. I segue. Um, I got to see Take That perform on the Jonathan Ross show. Oh. Um, and they were I say, oh, that's feet, on behalf of oh, my wife, by the way. She loves Take That. Well, yeah, that was the thing. Well, <laughs> However you feel about Take That, Gary Barlow as a songwriter is yeah. so talented. Is, yeah. Yeah. And you watch them, and they're such lovely men. And they were performing, and it was such a moment of, you look up in the audience, and it's all these women who have loved Take That mm. for mm. most of their lives, mm. just, the, and you wouldn't call it dancing. Like What they were doing was a religion. They were mm. just joyful like mm. dancing screaming losing their shit yeah i loved that mm. but then there were a few people in the back who didn't know what was going on was just foot tapping no no, <laughs> no, no just sit down just, don't, yeah, if just not, sit down you know, and enjoy your life if you're not taken away by the music then just sit uh-huh. yeah we had an awkward thing because glenn's wife is a huge take that fan um, mm. i was in a show uh, in london and they came to see it because <gasps> their manager mm-hmm. is boyfriend of uh, of one of the guys in the show cool. and uh, Glyn and Kelly Glyn's wife came the day before them and they were literally sat where That's Take That were sat and I felt so awkward because it's like the biggest fans and they were there the day before oh, and then no. Take That came it's forever going to be Kelly's thing because she's been to a couple of shows in the yeah. West End I think one of the shows Gary Barlow was in the stalls and we were in the dress circle Never saw it. Never saw him. No, no. It's quite surreal though when you're Found doing out on a Twitter show afterwards that he was there. But. Poor yeah. Gary Barlow though. I mean, on the way out, women yeah. just felt that they could get right in his face and kiss him. Yeah. I mean, he's lived that life for how long? And he's yeah. so kind. Right. Then you look at someone like Justin Bieber, mm. and you go, you know what, Gary? Just be a dick. Yeah. Just be a dick like this kid from Canada, and mm. these women might leave you alone. I wouldn't yeah. want people kissing me. No. I love people, and you're yeah. grateful that people have come to see your show, but back the fuck up. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, and yeah. it must be it's that constant thing of you don't have any private time because people just feel they can speak to you at any moment, and you have to always be on and be very positive. Yeah. When you see them, otherwise, yeah. you just sort of mess up your own sort of image and get hassled for it. So it's yeah. a strange thing, isn't it? You know, if anyone is rude to you, anyone who's famous in inverted commas, you remember mm. that forever. Yeah. It's always, oh, he's, he's an asshole. Yeah, you know, sadly. So, you, yeah. ha- you must be so forced with someone like Gary Barlow, who has been famous for so long, yeah. and, you know, to do that. You yeah. know, I take everything back that I ever said about Cheryl Cole. She's got to figure it out. Maybe she's come full yeah. circle. I've <laughs> done that, done that yeah. on purpose, just no, to sort of make really, people... Thank yeah. you for those very... Um... Yeah. We're sort of your counsellors. Yeah, like just it. Helped you with that. Thank you. Yeah. We probably should end there because yeah. we've got Karen on the show. Thanks for talking to us, Catherine. Thank, Thank you, you for talking to me and I can't wait to do your gig. That was Catherine Ryan. Blooming was. Was.
and, and us as well. And us, we were there, yeah. We were the we're ones there. sort of saying the questions. True, that's yeah. true. Yeah, um, we were yeah, attempting to be interviewees, interviewers, yeah. interviewers. That's she one. was the interviewee, we yeah, were interviewers. We yeah. We're not Michael Parkinson, are we? Definitely not. We're Doggett and F. Grave. Yes. Um, next month, if you happen to be listening to this at the right time of the year and the month and everything, we have uh, Arthur Smith mm-hmm. coming to Mostly Comedy, his first appearance for us, which is exciting. We've also got Jay Cal coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the next few months, we've got lots of great acts coming. Uh, Sarah Pascoe, Ashlyn B, uh, Norman Lovett, Barry from Watford. Matt Richardson from uh, The Extra Factor. Yeah, I could go on You Bet. You, I'm doing you really all of this. But are you um, just out of your head or is this actually it's, No, it's literally out of my head. head. You're not reading off the screen? No, I'm, I've got different stuff on the wow, screen. Wow, so, that, yeah. that is impressive. David Trent. We've got um, yep. Tom Goodliffe. Yep. Uh, is that everyone? It sounds like it to me. that we've don't got. know. You're I don't have wasted. No idea. No idea. Um, but yes, lots of good people, yeah. uh, brilliant people, in fact, and um, do come, do and come us. along, and us, make, and uh, make brilliant up the people, and, yeah, <laughs> and us. Um, do also listen to our other podcasts. Uh, lots of interviews, lots of different people: Kevin Eldon, Phil Jupiters, Sean Hughes, Sean Hughes. I, think, I feel Herring. like I always chip in with Sean Hughes. At you that do. Point. Yeah. It's the one name you've learned yeah. in the six or seven years of it us is, doing yeah. this. There's every other, time, other people, but Sean yeah. Hughes is the one. That, what uh, would you do if I said it earlier on in the list and you couldn't say? I wouldn't have a clue. You'd panic. I'd really panic. Would you? I'd be thinking Wit Tank. That's another one. Oh, that's a, that's a classic. That, that's out of the left field. Forget that one. Forget about that one. Yeah. You don't, I mean, don't forget about that. I mean, no, because I great. always forget about that one. Yeah. yeah, it's got awkward. We should stop. We should stop. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Spread the word. Follow us on Twitter at Doggett F Grave. No and. No and. Doggett F Grave. That's why we haven't got as many followers as we could have. If people realised there was no and, they'd follow us. If you keep telling yourself that, Glenn, that's why you'll eventually believe it. Yeah. You can also follow us separately at David underscore F Grave. Good luck spelling that. Or at Glyn Doggett. Good luck spelling that one as no well. No underscore on that one, so uh, no. I'm better. Yeah. Well, no, I just thought it made more of a feature of my two names. Okay. Uh, do come uh, to Mostly Comedy sometime in the future. Keep supporting comedy gigs and doing that sort of thing. And listen in general, to the not just comedy. Yeah. Uh, Support everyone else apart from us. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully we have your ears back flapping away and listen to another podcast in the future. Look forward to hearing those ears flapping. Yeah, they don't have to flap, just so you know.